I distinctly remember my first date being full to bursting with sympathy, pity, and awkward silence rotating in what could only be called a sadness kaleidoscope. Kathy couldn't mind her own fucking business Hammond had slyly asked one of her countless high school suitors to take me out as a favor to her. All the boys wanted to curry favor with Kathy, I hate Kathy Hammond Hammond, and taking me out for a cheap meal and some uncomfortable small talk seemed like an easy price to pay. My pound of flesh wasn't worth anywhere near 30 pieces of silver, obviously. James Delphine, that poor sacrificial lamb of an unintentional shitbag, was making more eye contact with his scuffed Converse high tops than he was with me when he mumbled, it would be nice if I went to dinner with him. I asked him where, and he said some hole-in-the-wall Italian place I'd barely heard of, where the lights were so low, no one would recognize us in the darkness if a chance social encounter happened. He said he would pick me up Saturday night. I just nodded, writing a night in my head that I would tell our grandchildren. James Delphine was one of the major lampreys that had attached himself to Marcus Quincy, the most popular guy in school, and or ever. As he slunk away with the weight of a night with me on his shoulders, I turned and floated away on cloud nine. When I got home that afternoon, Sam, the neighbor's black lab, asked me why I was smiling so big. Had I aced my math essay? Had I gotten chosen to lead the class with the morning's undying loyalty pledge to the elder horrors? No, I said, and Sam turned his head to the side, one ear flopping comically over his right eye. James Delphine asked me out, and we're going to fall in love and get married and have babies and make out at the blood picnic every spring. Sam did his best to give me a confident look, but his actual puppy dog eyes betrayed his metaphorical puppy dog eyes. It didn't matter. I was blissful, and blissfully ignorant about how that fateful Saturday evening would end. I twirled and preened in front of the mirror all of Saturday afternoon. I lived through every shitty dress-picking montage and every shitty romantic comedy. I went from 1900s Southern Cotillion puffery to slutty hooker looking to be murdered in the opening scene on one of those procedural crime shows that balances sex with violence. I curled my hair, I straightened my hair. I played briefly with the idea of shaving my head. I flirted with every color palette that every season of skin complexion could possibly flirt with, imagining all of the clever ways I was going to flirt with James. I covered every aspect of the conversation spectrum, from coquettish and coy to the overly forward and sexily seductive Black Widow. I settled on a demure and tasteful thick spaghetti-strapped green knee-length cocktail dress with a decent neckline so that James would think I was a whisper of a tease, but not a complete trollop. It was ultimately a dress Kathy could probably pull off a potato sack and a gaping head wound and still get laid Hammond would easily slip into and be the envy of every girl. I, on the other hand, looked like I had killed and skinned the garbage dweller from that children's show and draped myself in his ill-fitting puppet corpse. James picked me up at seven in the evening. He didn't leave his car, he just honked his car's horn incessantly until I appeared in the open doorway to my house. He reluctantly got out of the driver's seat, the car still running, and opened the passenger side door with all of the conviction of a condemned man being told the electric chair and hell would be waiting for him, regardless of his last minute confession. I was so high on love and hormones and wondering if my underwear would ever be sexy enough that I don't even notice James' resigned reluctance and lack of awkward small talk on the way to the restaurant. 
James and I sit down, him not making the effort to pull out anyone else's chair but his own. I place the napkin politely and gently on my lap, fluttering my eyelashes at James over candlelight that would be a compliment for the candle and an insult to the light. He ordered us both a better bright soda and some breadsticks. His eyes and mine never met, and that should have been my millionth red flag for this motherfucker of a date. James muttered nothing but strings of vowels aimed at his chicken parmesan in lieu of actual conversation with me. I was trying not to unhinge my jaw to swallow my entire bowl of chicken fettuccine Alfredo since I had been fasting in anticipation since this afternoon. In between small, easily chewable bites, I asked him about Marcus Quincy. At first, I thought the way he looked directly at me was going to finally be love at first sight, or at the very least, the beginnings of a more lively conversation. The former, not so much, and the latter, I had no idea how right I was going to be. Why, what have you heard? He said, the excited edge to his words razor sharp with a fearful apprehension that began to rouse my heretofore absent suspicion. What? The word falling out of my mouth with the weight of my slowly breaking heart on it and landing with a defeated thud. Look, I don't know what you heard, but it's not what you think. James's sentence lit off every DEFCON 1 alarm in my teenaged brain. I'm sorry, what? I stammered weakly, now feeling the rising kind of doomed, dreadful anxiety that can only come from a bad first date or standing in front of a trigger-happy firing squad. I'm just doing this as a favor to Marcus. He said he would tell Kathy. You know Kathy Hammond, right? He said maybe he could get me her number or something if I took you out to dinner. My blank stare and slack face was apparently an invitation to keep talking and keep kicking my heart's ass in the face. I mean, I thought you knew. I figured you were just cool, get a free dinner out of this. The urge to suddenly start an impromptu fight club between James and I was almost overwhelming. But I quickly focused on the disease instead of the sad symptom who was now forking some lukewarm chicken into the mouth that ruined a night I could have been at home not feeling sad and sorry for myself. A night I knew my children and their children would never hear about, ever. Kathy Hammond? Kathy fucking Hammond put you up to this? My punctuation profanity seemed to wound James Delphine and make the, I'm sure, pleasantly mild-mannered couple at the table next to us uncomfortable. Kathy had to rope me into this bullshit Hammond, set this all up so maybe, maybe you could get the sniff of her fucking phone number? Fuck it. I made a point of ending my opinion on the matter by wrapping an unhealthy amount of fettuccine around my fork and engulfing it like a cartoon character putting an entire cooked bird into their mouths and pulling out a completely devoured skeleton. James and I sat in mutually stunned silence and ended our meal with me staring daggers into his brain as he reluctantly reached for his wallet, as if I would help pay for my utter embarrassment. James drove us home in splendid quiet the bubbles of isolation encompassing us both as we realized what Monday back at school could hold in store for us if we talked about, even hinted at, what had transpired that last Saturday evening. As I got out of the car, as I smoothed out the dress I had spent way too much time overanalyzing, I leaned down and looked across to James. 
I'm going to make it my personal mission to take down Kathy just ruined my entire life, Hammond. And then I'm coming for your fucking boyfriend, Marcus Quincy. You utter one goddamned word of this night, you will make it on the same list they're on. You understand? His head made the same up and down motion I imagined a fish's mouth makes when it's finally caught and given the slim chance at a release as I slammed the car door closed with victorious conviction. I marched back into my house, made my way back to my room to strip off the dress that abruptly started to reek of a desperation I didn't know I had and a disappointment I hadn't planned for. But in my nakedness, in my most vulnerable, I found a blank notebook by my bedside and started to write about how much I hate Kathy Hammond. Here at Wings and Things, we're not only known for our wings, but also our things. Delicious soups and salad. The Tomb of Medical Oddities, like the Shivering Skin Blankets. And the Wall of Questionable Ethical Quandary. Like if a mother dies during childbirth, can they charge the baby with murder? You know our scrumptious wings from actual chickens, from actual buffaloes, and actual certain animals we're not allowed to say that we hunted into endangerment. And the sauces, your choice of blue cheese, ranch, spicy renal failure, or spastically discharged complete intestinal prolapse. Sure, the wings are great, and the things are a definite draw. But don't forget the weekly specials, including Infallible Solution. Frost wrote The Road Less Traveled, bringing self-reflection and personal independence. But much like Rome, all roads lead to wings and things. We can be found on every main street, in every city, in every heart and soul. That's right. While the wings will haunt your dreams and the things will haunt your nightmares, our restaurant's mere presence will incept your everyday life. Medusa will always tell you where we are when you're hungry. Whether it's a child's birthday party, where the clown has asked to perform a customary ritual suicide, or an after-work hangout where you're forced to listen to your perfect co-worker make self-effacing jokes that are so flawlessly timed and well-crafted that you could only get those kind of laughs if you lit yourself on fire. Now that you would. But if you did, you'd be at the best place to do it. Wings and things. You'll come for the wings. But the things will keep you here. I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kat Archuleta, Howie Haig, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you've heard, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.